Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, and I am flying solo today, so you get to listen to me talk for uh, the next hour about what is going on in the Tampa Bay real estate market. So I've got some stats, I've got some news, I've got some information, and I've got some advice today. Uh, normally joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage or Robert Johnson, my sales president at my company. Uh, but today it's the week of Thanksgiving, so they have other plans. They're seeing family, and uh, my family's coming to me. So I'm fortunate that uh, that I'm not traveling anywhere uh, this week. Uh, but quite a bit of uh, travel throughout the rest of the holidays for me to see uh, to see friends and family in other parts of the country. But nonetheless. Talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market here today, and uh, I want to start off the segment. Hey, look, it's Thanksgiving, so you might be out doing your holiday shopping. Uh, you might be one of the uh, one of the people that are still out looking for a house uh, or looking to sell a home uh, during the holidays. And I'm going to get to some advice for you guys today. But what I want to talk about now is what I'm thankful for in the real estate market presently. Now, look, I could do a, a whole show about what I'm thankful for about about the real estate business in general in terms of its impact on my life or its impact on uh, on our community. But what I want to talk about now are some things I'm thankful for uh, in the present real estate market. So the very first thing that I want to talk about is I'm actually thankful for um, a little bit of a slowdown and a an increase in inventory, um, you know, a, a lot of home buyers struggle during the summer months finding a home, and fortunately now there are more options. There's a greater chance that you don't have to overpay for a house or get into a bidding war situation, and that extra inventory of homes in the market has made it uh, a little bit more of a normal market and a little bit more balanced of a market. Uh, buyers are able to compete um, you know, more easily. They're able to find a home that they like. They're not as rushed. They're not overpaying. It isn't as chaotic. Um, and, and so let me tell you a few of the reasons why I'm thankful for a little bit of that uh, return to normalcy. As a company that lists a lot of homes, um, one of the worst parts about the real estate market of six months or a year ago was that you would list a home and 50 people would make offers on it and you could only make one of them happy. So my office had to, you know, regularly play damage control with 49 unhappy people who didn't get their offer um, accepted. And in today's society, I can, I can only explain to you that uh, a lot of people are unreasonable uh, with their demands and uh, entitled. Unfortunately, when call and complain and throw out demands that they want to know why their offer wasn't accepted, and 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 it really just was chaos. It was every day having to uh, make a lot of people unhappy uh, and it, and it wasn't fun. The second reason why I'm you know kind of enjoying and thankful for a return to normalcy is I think our industry will see a cleansing the last few years. I think the real estate industry has been bombarded with people getting in to the to the business that were uh, let, let's just say focused on more of a get rich quick scheme than really, uh, paying attention to providing a great service, a long-term service to customers, and um, putting the customer first. Um, I think there's going to be a return to um, education. A lot of agents that have that don't have the education or professional background have gotten into the business the last few years, and I think the industry is going to cleanse um, 
cleanse some of those, um, you know, some of those things out. And I think the the other reason for a you know kind of a return to normalcy, um, you know, that that I'm thankful for is when you're when everything is going as crazy as it was six months and a year ago. Sometimes it was hard to take a breath. Um, it was hard to, it was, it was just, you were always so, everything was always so stressful and angst. And I think, uh, kind of, especially during the holidays, kind of a return to normalcy to be able to have a little bit more balance and a little bit more peace where, um, there isn't this constant firefighting going on of, of, you know, upsetting people who didn't get their offer accepted and, and, uh, you know, the, the strongholding that happens in a market like that. Another thing I'm thankful for, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you may or may not have seen, we saw a little bit of a uh, drop in mortgage interest rates. So they have, they came down around three quarters of a point or so. That has uh, helped a lot of home buyers that were kind of on the fence and deciding what to do. It's it's helped prompt and move them back into the market um, because, uh, you know, the afford from an affordability perspective with the rise in interest rates, it pulled some of the buyers out. That that slight drop in rates has pulled some people um, back in. Um, I'm grateful that uh, home values uh, seem to have taken the majority of the hit that they're going to take. We had a couple months where the average sale price dropped. In the last few months, prices have really you know kind of stabilized, and so I'm thankful for that because um, with the drastic drop in prices, we could see you know more you know devastating effects to our real estate market that it looks like we're we're probably not going to see simply because the while we're going to see a slowdown in the number of homes sold uh prices have to see a huge change or shift in the supply and demand curve in order to drop and what essentially is happening right now is the rise in rates has, has dropped the number of prospective buyers able to purchase it slowed down some of the investment activity because appreciation isn't you know going as 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 rampant as it was so some investors that were speculators are are stepping away so it's it's shrunk the buyer pool but in essence while some sellers have said okay now's the time for me to take my equity um you know and it's caused a, a slight increase in in supply um you know we're still hovering around three or four months of supply which is a seller's market still we're not approaching a buyer's market anytime soon simply because the number of people in their homes that are in much lower interest rates don't want to sell those homes and then move into something at a much higher interest rate. So in essence, those those higher interest rates are, are probably going to keep the market really you know balanced in the sense in Tampa Bay. Now, when I talk real estate, I want you to understand something, okay? The things I'm grateful for are related to Tampa Bay real estate, okay? There's a lot of news organizations that talk about real estate as a whole. And what happens in Tampa is not the same as what happens in New York or California or Michigan. Real estate is local. It is not the stock market. It is not the bond market. It's not the watch market. It's not the diamond market. It is hyper local because what you're selling is a piece of that local community, a piece of that dirt. Okay. No other largely traded financial market matters you know, ha- has as much of an emphasis on the location as real estate does. So because of the local nature of real estate, what happens in other parts of the country doesn't translate everywhere else. So, you know, the things happening in Tampa may not be happening in other parts of the country. So, um, you know, if, if you're in town right now from another part of the country and you're listening to my show, a lot of what I talk about is going to relate to Tampa. It may not be 
you know, it may not relate to where you're from. And, and that's just the, the reality of, of real estate. It, it's just unlike any other market. I hear people from up north come down and say, oh, this is how we do it up north. Well, you know, then, you know, that's that's how you do it there. It's not how we do it here. It's, it's you know, it's different. So back on point, um, the interest rate dropped helped, um, you know, helped some buyers and it, and it helped kind of provide a, a nice little surge of activity. And I think it'll help uh, create some closings and transactions that may not have otherwise happened. Uh, to, to close the, by the end of the year. I'm also thankful for what's called a 2-1 buy-down. Um, a lot of mortgage lenders, when the you know market shifts like it has and there are fewer transactions and interest rates are higher, so you know people are less likely to get a mortgage, You know there are people forced out of the mortgage business just like they're forced out of the real estate business. There are mortgage lenders that are going to go look and do something else just like there's real estate agents that aren't going to get enough income and enough transactions happening and they're look they're going to look to go do something else. So, a 2-1 buy down is one of those creative things that mortgage lenders do to allow someone to uh, you know, in a sh- on a short-term basis lower their payments. Now again, this isn't necessarily an adjustable rate mortgage. This is getting the seller to pay some things so that the buyer can ease into their mortgage payment instead of having this, you know, a, a considerably higher mortgage payment than they would have had for the same, you know, purchase price six months ago. So there's all these creative products that mortgage lenders are going to use to get people into homes that are uh, short term or temporary. Um, and and the reason for that is there are a lot of economists that predict that inflation will get back under control within a couple of years and the mortgage rates will come back down and there will be another refinance boom and people will be able to buy it, you know, low mortgage rates again. Now, who really knows because there's so much that can happen in the economy between now and then, but the creative mortgage lenders are the ones that are going to survive right now. The ones that are going to put in the extra work and the ones that are going to really look to do what they can to help customers get into homes. So the 2-1 buy down is an example of that by allowing a a buyer in essence to get that lower mortgage payment by getting some by either paying some money up front or by getting the seller to pay concessions to allow that rate buy down to happen. So um those creative financing things are something that I'm going to be grateful for um you know this year. I think last but not least I'm super grateful for my team. Um you know I've got a, a real estate team that has been through every economic cycle. Um you know this is my 18th year in real estate. So I, I went through the great recession, you know, I've got the blueprint for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my team is very well prepared, uh, in, in incredible financial shape and very well prepared to continue serving home buyers and home sellers during what's going to be an, an extremely challenging market. Um, and we're growing, um, you know, as I've talked about on the show, I want to be someone who can help real estate agents avoid having to get out of the business. There are a lot of individual agents out there that are going to they're going to have choices to make either getting out of the business or joining a team and we want to be a team that allows people to still stay in the business, still be productive and, you know, m- maybe not have the commission split they had somewhere else, but help provide them a better net income because of our model, our leads and our solutions. So again, we're we're hiring, we're growing despite what's happening in the market. You can apply for one of our open positions at jointheduo.com. You can register for our career night as well at jointheduo.com. So I'm going to be back. I'm going to talk some home selling tips during the holidays. Look, the holidays are upon us. It's Thanksgiving weekend. 
the Christmas decorations are about to get busted out or whatever, whatever, you know, holiday you support, your decorations are about to get busted out. But if you're thinking about selling your house, stay tuned on the other side. I'm going to give you some tips about what to do this time of year if you're thinking about selling your house after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat. We are on all of them again at the Duncan Duo, regularly doing cool Tampa Bay Lightning giveaways. We've got, um, uh, you know, always neat stuff that we're putting out on social media with property videos, neighborhood videos, um, and then, of course, statistics and, and different things that we do. So make sure you're following us on all of our socials, uh, again, at the, the Duncan Duo. Hope you're having an awesome Thanksgiving weekend, and if you're tuned in, you are a real estate junkie. Look, if you're spending your Thanksgiving weekend and you're listening to me, you are one of my people because we are the dedicated and the committed real estate junkies. So I want to give you some tips if you're a home seller, if you're thinking about selling your home, and this is your primary residence, okay? If you're thinking about selling your home during the season, I want to give you some tips to better prepare you for selling during the holidays. Um, now, look, it's no secret that when you are putting your house on the market in today's market, it's more competitive. Um, you know, there, there are more sellers that you're competing with. Homes are lasting a little bit longer on the market. Buyers have a little bit more leverage. You need to put your best foot forward, more so than you did six months ago. Six months ago, you probably could have skimped on some things and still sold your home. Today, you got to make sure and do that touch-up paint. You got to make that cosmetic repair that's visible. You've got to have your home cleaned, uh, well decorated, uh, nicely lit, um, and and you've got to eliminate distractions. One of the distractions this time of year are your decorations. So if you're selling your home during the holidays, if your home is on the market, the best advice I can give you is to either not decorate or to decorate at a very, very low scale compared to what you might have done in the past. Now, this is not typically because people are going to be offended, although there is certainly a chance that someone could have a different religious belief than you or celebrate a different holiday than you. Um, but, but the likelihood in today's economy of someone choosing not to buy your home, unless your house is just like national lampoons, Chevy chase decorated is, is slim. Okay. However, it distracts the consumer. We talk about this a lot when, when we speak to sellers about selling their home, when they have like really, uh, neat stuff, you know, like, like I've had clients that had, you know, autograph collections or sports memorabilia collections or car collections. Um, and, and unfortunately, sometimes the presence of those things can distract the consumer from paying attention to the house. The same thing happens with your Christmas decorations. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, watching Martha Stewart and, and HGTV and you've got the, you know, Chris Kringle's house down to a T the people are going to be paying attention more to your Christmas decorations than to your house. And they're not buying your Christmas decorations. They're buying your house. You want to showcase the house. You don't want to showcase your stuff. So Christmas decorations, Hanukkah decorations, whatever decorations you would put up, if they're, if it's too much, they can distract the consumer. No different than, you know, people that have too many photos on the wall, um, you know, too many items of a personal nature where the 
perspective, home buyer can't emotionally attach to the home. You don't want to distract the buyer with your stuff. You want it to be as neutral as possible. Think if you've ever been in a new construction model home, you want to be as close to that as you possibly can with neutrality, with with sleekness, with cleanliness, and with style. You're not going to accomplish that if your house looks like the Home Depot Christmas section. So uh, that's my first advice. The second advice, the other reason why the decorations can cause a problem is because people can't realize how big a room is. If you've got an enormous Christmas tree, they may think that living room's small, or they can't inspect certain things from with the home when the home inspection gets scheduled. So the, the decorations really can cause a problem. If you're somebody that just is just hell-bent on decorating you know, to the tens, maybe wait until after Christmas to put your house on the market. The second thing that, that I would recommend for prospective home sellers right now is to, uh, to actually consider selling your home. There's a lot of people that are going to choose not to, which means you could be the bell of the ball. There, there may not be as much competition as there would normally be during the spring or summer. And there are still a lot of home buyers right now out there shopping that didn't get what they wanted during the summer and are motivated to try and buy now for fear that interest rates may bump back up even higher next year. And you, you could have a great opportunity to get you know what you really want out of your house. Another great sale, uh, seller tip, uh, curb appeal. This goes back to the Christmas decoration thing. Too much Christmas decoration going to distract them. The more you can spend on curb appeal to, to impress the home buyer from the curb, the greater chances they're already going to have a positive feeling about the house before they even step into the house. So curb appeal, curb appeal, curb appeal. So again, uh, hopefully these tips have been good. If again, you know, you're, you're in a price contest and a beauty war at the same time. So you want to make sure and price it aggressively as well. Um, you know, if you're going to price it to sell at this time of year, there are buyers out there that are still looking and maybe they're still looking only because they're looking for a good deal because it's the holidays and they really don't want to deal with buying a home during the holidays. But if it's a good deal, then maybe they'll they'll move. I know personally, some of the best investment opportunities I buy every year are during the holidays and they're a pretty good deal. So you've got to make sure to have your home priced appropriately if you're going to sell it uh, during the holidays. So again, you've been listening to the Duncan Do a Real Estate Show. We're going to be back continuing this conversation after a quick break here on WFLA News. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market, and I want to talk to you about real estate statistics. Hey, look, I talked earlier in the show about how important it is to pay attention to local data. Um, so, you know, in essence, uh, you know, when, when you hear people talk about real estate in general or national real estate stats, you can, uh, you know, they, they can be a little bit off. Um, so I want to give you some Florida real estate stats. Now, keep in mind, this isn't just Tampa. This is Florida as a whole. Um, but it does, uh, you know, analyzing stats, it does kind of stay true to what we're seeing just specifically in Tampa for the most part. So Florida's housing market reported higher median prices and more inventory compared to a year ago. Uh, single family median price up 12% year to year and condo median up 19.2% with inventory on the rise. Now, what does that mean? Essentially, we were seeing 20, 20, 25% year over year appreciation back a few months ago. So we still are seeing annual appreciation compared to last year. However, we're seeing that appreciation rate slow. We are seeing some month over month. We have seen some month to month depreciation, um, you know, but, but, you know, annually we're still seeing appreciation, just not at the clip that it was going at before. So, 
In terms of closed sales, you know, we the the shock of the interest rates kind of slowed things down. Um, statewide median sales price for single family home is four hundred one nine ninety. Uh, for condo townhome, it's three hundred and ten thousand. Um, the median is the midpoint, though. Half the homes sold for more, half or less. So it's not the average. Okay. Um, inventory higher last month than a year ago for both existing and single family. Uh, single family homes inventory is up eighty eight percent. Condo townhomes up thirty one percent. The month supply of single family existing homes increased to a two point seven month supply, while existing condo townhomes are at two point five month supply. Interest rate for 30-year fixed average 6.9, significantly up from the 3.07% average during the same month a year earlier. So uh, what does that mean? It means that we're still in a, a appreciating real estate market. It still means the real estate market is healthy. It just isn't as rampantly appreciating um, with, with, with you know record low inventory as it was six months um, and a year ago. So uh, some other things that uh, I want to move to talk about next. If you're thinking about buying a home in 2023, okay, now is the time for you to start doing some things to prepare. First off, if you've been qualified for a mortgage and it's been more than a few months, you, you're going to need to qualify again because it, with mortgage with interest rates being higher, you're going to need to know what you can qualify for. Um, you may not be able to qualify for the same amount. You may have to have a higher down payment. A lot of different things uh, have happened in the mortgage world. So if you're a home buyer for 2023, make sure you look at qualifying now. The second thing that you're going to want to do, because the mortgage market has gotten a little bit tighter, you're going to want to have your credit checked so you can make sure and get anything corrected that might be wrong. Maybe there are Medical medical collections on there that shouldn't be. Maybe there's a credit card that has reported something that's wrong. Uh, maybe someone's identity got confused with yours for some sort of collection or debt. It's important for you to look at that prior to you really getting the point of being ready to buy a home. It's part of your due diligence, part of that extra homework that you have to do as a home buyer. So make sure that you're looking at your credit now so that you have time um, you know, to make any, any uh, adjustments or corrections to it. Another really important thing, and this is for all of my self-employed people and business owners out there. I'm one as well, okay? I'm, I like to write off everything that I'm able to legally write off, okay? People that are self-employed and business owners are aggressive with deductions and write-offs. And unfortunately, that aggressiveness can sometimes cause you to not show enough income to be able to qualify to buy a home based on your tax returns. So before you finalize the year or before you finalize your taxes for the year closes, talk to your mortgage lender, get your mortgage lender on the phone with your CPA or your bookkeeper. If you have one, if, if you don't have one, then that's you. Um, and, and make sure that there's nothing that you need to do differently or that you need to shift or change in order to be able to buy a home in 2023. So those, you know, those self-employed and business owners can do things you know, with their finances the next few months or make tweaks before they officially file their taxes and the year closes so that they may have a greater chance at buying a home or getting a better interest rate. So if you're self-employed or a business owner, uh, and, and that includes people that are gig workers, look, you guys, the gig workers out there, the Uber drivers, the Uber Eats delivery people, DoorDash, um, all that, that audience of people, you need to do the same thing. You need to talk to someone and make sure that you can 
uh, qualify. Another thing that you want to make sure uh, not to do is incurring more debt. Okay. So a lot of retailers this time of year, they come out with a 0% interest furniture or a special great deal on a car. And what you may not realize is that your debt to income ratio may be tight. That extra debt that you incur, even if it's a 0% interest rate and you don't have to pay it in five years, it's still a debt and it still counts on your credit and it will still negatively impact your ability to buy a home if your numbers are close. So resist the urge to overspend this holiday season or add more debt to yourself, more credit debt, whether that's a furniture payment, whether it's a car payment, um, you know, resist that urge. I, I can tell you that one of the biggest mistakes that we see home buyers make time and again is not realizing the ramifications of making credit-based purchases when they're qualifying for a home. They may think, oh, I've got plenty enough money to afford it. I have money in the bank. I make more money than my payments, and I have plenty enough to afford a mortgage. Okay. However, your opinion or what you feel your gut instinct on what you can afford is different than the predetermined ratios and math that a mortgage company is going to put into your financial situation to decide whether or not you can get a mortgage and for how much. It is not your opinion that they use to determine whether or not you can buy a house. It is predetermined ratios that you must fit within. And you may think, oh, it's 0% interest, and I don't actually have to pay anything on it for five years, so it shouldn't count at all. Wrong. Basically, when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage, if you don't have massive experience in the space, basically throw out your perception and your thoughts because they're going to be wrong. Um, your, you know, your logic that you use to justify the purchase that you make isn't going to work for helping you qualify for the mortgage. So this holiday season, resist the urge to get the 0% furniture, resist the urge to buy the brand new car at the low interest rate, and, and you'll be in a much better position to buy a home in 2023. We see it time and again, too, where people go under contract on a house and then they go out and they get a new car or they go out and they get new furniture. That is an absolute no-go zone. If you are buying a home, okay, you are under contract to buy a home, your financial situation cannot change, okay? And, and let me repeat that. Your financial situation cannot change. A change in your financial situation means a change in your income, a change in your debt, okay? Th those numbers need to stay the same. You can't all of a sudden start spending a bunch more money at Target. You run the risk of reducing your ability to buy a home if you consistently spend the same amount of money every month and then you have a month during the holidays and you're trying to qualify and you have a splurge and you spend a fortune on Christmas and then your debt to income ratio goes out of whack or you don't have enough money in reserves. Your financial situation when you're buying a home, when you go under contract to buy a home from the date you go into contract until you close, your financial situation can't change and you keep making the same amount of money. If there, Even if there's a huge increase, you're going to have to justify it, okay? Because they're going to want to know that it isn't fraud, that it isn't some sort of scam. You have to document everything, and the easiest path towards, towards mortgage approval is your financial situation not changing while you're in the process of buying a home. So what does that mean? That means no new debt. That means purchases that are not out of the realm of your normal purchases, okay? That means not going out and getting a new car and changing your car. It means not going and buying furniture. It means not going and buying a new TV on credit. Um, and it certainly means not getting a new job, okay? 
I can't tell you how many times people's loans get canceled or declined because they go get a new job while they're qualifying for a home, especially a new job in a different industry. It, it throws everything off. Wait until after you buy the home to go do any of those changes. Okay, same with the car. Okay, you can think, oh, it's 0% interest. Doesn't matter. It's a payment. It's a debt obligation. It's a credit pull. You're going to run the risk of losing the ability to buy a home when you do that. So, again, if you're under contract to buy a house, it's more expensive than anything else. Okay, all the other stuff can wait. I promise you, there'll be another 0% deal or 0.9% deal. There'll be another furniture sale. Okay, the retailers make billions of dollars because they create urgency and make you think it's going away. It's never coming back. It's a special sale. This special sale is every weekend. Okay, so don't buy into the hype. Don't get sucked into making a bad holiday purchase if you're a home buyer in 2023, because it will derail your ability to, to buy for some people out there. So again, status quo is the key. If you're under contract to buy a house, you don't, again, stay the status quo. Keep making the same amount of money. Keep buying the same things. Have the same credit profile. Don't have changes to that. Don't refinance anything. Don't go out, buy anything. Wait until after you buy the house. You know, there are Billions and billions of dollars of real estate sales every year canceled because consumers don't do this and they arrogantly think they can go and buy those things and still qualify and it and it derails their family plan and yay, I got the brand new car, but now I'm stuck still living in the same crappy apartment because I can't buy a house because I've got this really neat car. And look, I'm a car person. I love cars too, but wait till after you buy the house. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. I'm going to be back. I'm going to continue this conversation. We've got one more segment. Who I'm going to talk to next are real estate agents. Okay, if you're listening to the show right now and you're a real estate agent, stay tuned. On the other side, I've got some I've got some knowledge to drop for you. Or if you're a prospective real estate agent. Okay, so if you're a prospective real estate agent, you're thinking about getting into the real estate business, or um, you're presently a real estate agent. I am going to drop some bombs for you after a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. When we aren't on air, follow us on all of our socials. We are the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, um, everywhere. We're on all of them at the Duncan Duo. Make sure to follow us. Get your real estate updates. I teased this before the break, and I want to talk to my real estate agents out there. Look, if you're listening to me, on Thanksgiving weekend, like I mentioned before, man, you are the committed. You are a real estate junkie like me. And and I think there's a pretty good amount of people that listen to my show every every weekend that are real estate agents or looking for tips or, or wanting to know what we're doing or simply because they love hearing about what's going on in the market. And so analyzing all the statistics and having gone through the Great Recession, we know our real estate market has forever changed with what's happened the last few months. So real estate agents out there, you're, some of you are going to hit struggles. And what I want to tell you is 2022 was the year of the customer coming to you. 2023 mean, is going to need to be the year of you going to the customer. Okay. And so what does that mean? Um, in 2022, you could survive on friends and family giving you business and on simple little easy things to, to generate business. There were enough transactions to go around, there were enough people that were buyers, and uh, there, there were enough opportunities. Now, it's gotten a little bit more fierce and you're gonna have to do more outbound dollar productive activities 
to create business. Now, you may not be in a situation. You may not have a sphere of influence. You may not have the, the listings to do open houses. And this is you know, what I want to say. There are great real estate agents out there that are going to struggle. They're going to have a few months without income. And they're going to be met with, do I stay in and write it out or do I go and get a, a job? So if you're a committed real estate agent and you want to stay in, but where you're at isn't working, you don't have enough leads, you don't have enough op- opportunities, I want to tell you that my company is going to the consumer. We're not waiting for them. We've spent millions of dollars advertising and building a brand. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep growing. And we want to grow. We want to be the place for people to go who are going to fail out if they don't make a change, who who need the leads that my company provides, who need the coaching, who need the listings to be able to do open houses that my company has. And who need the accountability because when the market was easy and everyone was an order taker, accountability, you know, went away and people just kind of wanted to do their own thing and their own thing was good enough. Okay. Your own thing isn't going to be good enough anymore. You're going to need to have discipline. You're going to need to have structure. You're going to need to have daily accountability and coaching and someone there with you in the trenches. I hired a director of agent growth. I've had him on the show a couple of times. His name is Don Boardwell and Don is dedicated to helping every single agent that joins our firm in a one-on-one scale, helping them get productive, helping them grow, and helping them make money and still stay in the business. So if you're one of those people, go to jointheduo.com. You can go to our career night where Don will tell you everything that we're doing. You can also apply for one of our open positions and go through the interview process. But don't be a statistic. There, the, the National Association of Realtors talking about hundreds of thousands of realtors getting out of the business in 2023. And, I, and I'm hoping to save some of you from doing that because we have the opportunity. We know what to do. We've, we've got the blueprint. We went through the Great Recession. We made all the tweaks in and we're applying all the same things now to allow agents to continue to thrive, survive and thrive in a market that's unlike anything most real estate agents have, have seen. You know, 80% of the agents in the marketplace today haven't been in a market where uh, home sales are dropping. A lot of my people have, and I obviously have, so we know what to do. So if you're somewhere that isn't giving you a blueprint, that's not helping you create income, that doesn't have leads and the ability to help you get to the consumer, we would love the we would love to be the place for you. And and if you're not one of those people, great. If you're a real estate agent and you're um, you know, you're out there. I can tell you if, if you want to keep succeeding, you are going to have to find a way to get to the consumer. You're going to have to increase the amount of outreach you have to, to your customers. You're going to have to increase the amount of lead generation that you do um, because fewer transactions per lead per agent lead costs have gone up. You're also going to have to you're, you're going to have to have a niche. You're going to have to become an expert in something. You're going to have to focus and you're going to have to work harder than you've ever worked. Um, this real estate market is going to get out, you know, it's going to rid the market of a lot of the amateurs, the triers, the, you know, the people that aren't really committed to it. But if you are committed to it, it can be an incredible thing. My business grew a hundred plus percent a year during the great recession. We plan to do the same thing again. And I can tell you, there are going to be a lot of real estate agents to pick up some amazing opportunity right now. Um, but you're going to have to grind, put in the work, put in the extra time. And get creative and find a way to get to the consumer. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. Again, if you're thinking about a career change, hit us up at jointheduo.com. And um, 
you know, we hope that you have an awesome, awesome, awesome Thanksgiving weekend. I'm thankful for so many things. More importantly, I'm thankful for all of you for tuning in. Um, you know, built an incredible business, and I know a lot of that has come from people that started listening to us on radio and has followed us all along the way. I know I have regular listeners that have done five and six and ten transactions with my company, and I'm grateful for all of you guys, and I hope you get to enjoy the rest of this weekend with your family. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be here with you next Sunday at 10 o'clock.